0: It's much better to walk away from a deal than buy a bad deal. And I know that seems very common sense, but I think there's so many people out there and so many investors, they just want to buy something so badly to kind of get in the game. And nothing will put you out of the game faster than buying a bad deal.
1: Before we get into today's episode, I want to mention today's best ever partner and give you a free gift. And that partner is FundNetFlip. And they're going to be giving you a free deal analysis spreadsheet. You know who Fund That Flip is, don't you? Because you're a loyal best-ever listener. you have been a sponsor on the show. Matt Rodak, the founder of Fund That Flip, has been on the podcast multiple times, giving us his insight on the online lending process. Fund That Flip provides fast, reliable funding for your house flip projects. They're an online platform, makes the application process entirely easy, and they've got a whole bunch of experts on their team who can help you Get funding in 24 hours and close within as few as seven days. And all of you best ever listeners, you're getting a free spreadsheet to help you analyze your projects. Go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. That's fund that flip.com forward slash best ever. And you'll get a free deal analysis tool. It'll help you provide a scope of work for your projects. Create the scope of work, analyze the profitability of the project or if it's not profitable, you need to know that too. And make a determination on the max purchase price. Super important. You can print out all the detailed reports and that will help you get your deals funded faster. Go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. Get that free analysis tool, fundnetflip.com forward slash best ever. Best ever listeners, welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest-running daily real estate podcast. We don't get any fluff. We only talk about the best advice that moves your real estate investing business forward. With us today, Tim Landy. How are you doing, Tim?
0: I'm great, Joe. How about yourself?
1: Doing very well, my friend, and nice to have you on the show. A little bit about Tim. He is a real estate advisor and investor at 12 Rivers. He represents investors from single-family, multi-family, and development projects. He also runs an investment company that focuses on rentals and syndication. He's based in Austin, Texas. With that being said, Tim, you want to give Best Ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now?
0: Sure, Joe. And thanks again for having me on. I'm very excited to be here. I am a realtor with 12 Rivers Realty here in Austin. We have an investment company where we buy, focusing on rental properties right now, but we will rehab when we come across the right deal. Also, have worked with some funds that are in different cities, but looking to purchase large multifamily properties here, and that can be anything from a duplex up to an apartment complex, and we are working on a few deals now that we're going to do some syndication.
1: Wow, that's a bunch of stuff. Let's see, which direction do we want to go? How about you said you're working with some funds to buy deals. Will you elaborate on that?
0: Sure. It's a real estate fund that one of them in particular, they basically are managing a lot of people's retirement accounts and so they kind of come to us with their investment criteria and talk about what they're looking for what kind of returns they need their criteria for purchasing holding and what they expect on the exit and when we come across either one property or we can find a portfolio of properties that will fit their model we work to negotiate the numbers down and we do all of our due diligence you know it's really key to have a good team of contractors that can help provide a lot of the numbers up front so we can provide them with a very accurate pro forma and all the analysis so they can figure out if this is going to be a good acquisition for them you know just like any good investor when the numbers work they pull the trigger and they're always looking for scale so when we find them one they're always looking for the next one and the next one so they can be interesting to work with on both sides sometimes there can be a lot of due diligence and a lot of work on the front end and nothing happens but at the same time they might buy two apartment complexes and that all makes up for it. But either way, it's always a learning experience to figure out. If they didn't purchase one of the properties, it's always good to learn why they didn't and why it did not work out for them. Mm-hmm.
1: How do you make money in that transaction?
0: Mostly with the funds where I'm not part of it. It's on the representation side. Mm-hmm. So it's buying the deal and representing them on the purchase. We also have a property management department. And so sometimes investors will use our property management if they don't already have their own internal property management. So those are ways that helping them lease and representing them on the purchase will be how we make money. But for the most part, I like being involved in the acquisition. So like the company that we have here, you know, we look for properties that we can purchase and renovate them, get it. If we normally purchase it with cash, we'll renovate it. And then after about six months or so, We'll cash out and then just have a up-and-running property that a property manager of ours is running, and we go find the next one. And and that way, we just build our portfolio from there. Mm -hmm.
1: I want to skip back to the fund real quick. Let's think of the fund that has purchased the most, as you all being the representative. About how much or how many properties have they purchased?
0: We are at probably... And this particular fund just started with us last year. So with them, they purchased close to 40 units off the top of my head. That's probably the most accurate number I can think of off the top of my head. They're based on the West Coast, and they came into Texas. Obviously, any publication you read talks about Texas and the growth that we're experiencing here, and in Austin in particular with the job growth and population growth. So this is where they kind of weighed their groundwork saying this is where we want to be and so they're looking at about 40 units and then for 2017 they're looking probably at least triple that.
1: And how did they get in contact with your company?
0: Really just networking and one of my investor clients introduced me to another investor client that put us all in contact. It's just kind of being at the right place at the right time and talking to the right person and you know, I always think always talking about real estate and asking other people what they're doing and what they're up to and it normally leads to a conversation back to real estate and that's really how it happened and once they saw a couple of the other properties that we were doing personally they're asking you know, do you ever find any properties like this or do you have any more and we tested one out and I sent a property over that I thought was going to be a good deal for them and they flew in they walked it got a good feel for who we were and they ended up purchasing it and it worked out really well for them. They got a, a really good deal on it. And it happened to be a, in a time that we also weren't in acquisition mode at the time. And cause we always get that question as well. Like are you just going to cherry pick the good deals and send us your leftovers? And that's absolutely not. I'm not a greedy person. I want everyone to do well and I ultimately I want the clients to be happy and, and keep coming back.
1: You mentioned that you're doing some syndication. I want to make sure I heard you right. Have you done syndication, or are you in the process of putting that together?
0: We've only completed two syndication deals so far. One was a development deal, and another one was just a smaller duplex. But we're in the process, and those were kind of tests for us to see if it's something, one, that we wanted to do, and two, that the model that would work. And both of the properties went really well. And so for 2017, that's what we're really gearing up to do on a much larger scale. There's a land deal that we're the very beginning stages, but we're in the process of putting that together. There's a portfolio of some properties that we're also looking to syndicate, and then probably also another infill development deal that we're looking at that would be good to syndicate as well.
1: You've already done one development deal. How big was that again?
0: In central Austin, land is not cheap. So we're able to purchase a piece of land that was in a really nice area of central Austin and so we purchased the land for 265, which if we were trying to purchase that today it'd be well in the mid threes just for the dirt. And we did a front house back house condo regime on it. and so the total project ended up the gross on it was 850. And then once we netted out everything, our land purchase, our construction costs paying out, buyer agent commissions and closing costs, everything after that, we are just around 200 in profit.
1: Mm. You mentioned syndication. How did you structure that?
0: What's nice about it is my partner, he's in the finance industry. So he's very financially savvy. He has uh, a lot of access to capital. And so I'll kind of back up a little bit and kind of give you the entire framework and kind of go from the ground up. The way our partnership works is I go out and I find the real estate, I find the deals and i put everything together. I'll walk it with contractors and and put all the numbers together. And then he and I will meet and I'll say, this is what we can do with this property or this is what this property will take. Here's the final numbers. Here's the bottom line. And all goes well. This is what we should be looking at after all expenses and after all the dust has cleared and put out a conservative scenario. And then if we can hit it out of the park, this is what it should look like. But realistically, this is where we should be. And then so then. He'll take the bottom line number of the cash that we'll need and he'll pitch it to different investors and we go off of a preferred return. And then depending on the project or depending if someone wants to invest a little bit more, we might also put in some equity portion in there as well. Typically, we're doing an 8 to 10% preferred return. That first development project, they ended up getting about 14% return just on their investment.
1: And do you have a PPM in that case?
0: Not necessarily. And then everything that we did before is just kind of playing, like, did this work? Does this work? And how do we really want to structure it? We're going to use leverage as much as we can on projects. And that way we don't have to raise as much cash because our portion is the equity. Now, we'll give up a little bit of equity, but for the most part, we're going to keep the lion's share of the equity. But we're still going to give out good returns to people on their money because we want them to have a good feeling after each project and to keep investing and and ask for more. So once we completed those first two, we actually had more people calling us asking when our next project was and if they could get in line for it.
1: So what type of legal documents did the investor sign in that case?
0: For this one, we had them draw up an investor agreement. It just kind of talks about that they're a silent investor in this project. They don't have decision-making power we drew out the preferred return and for that one it was pretty basic i think moving forward we'll probably end up getting into doing like a general partnership and limited partnership and those will be silent partners but for the most part all of our investors are silent not going to be looking at what kind of countertops we're putting in or really making decisions we want to limit all the cooks in the kitchen to keep everything running smoothly but we keep everyone updated we're doing the development you know we've had approved plans from the architect, now we're submitting for permits. And then we sent up another update when we had our approved permit from the city and and we started demo. And so they were getting normal updates and regular updates so they at least can see what their money is doing and and where we are in the process. And, of course, I say if you guys ever want to see the project or see the property, let me know. We can go walk it so I can show you exactly what we're doing. And then once we were completely built, I had them walk through even before we went on the market just so they can see the the final product.
1: One thing you might want to do, and same with best-ever listeners, is just talk to a securities attorney in addition to your regular attorney when you bring in passive investors just to make sure you, you got all the right paperwork. And I was educated by Gene Trowbridge one of these interviews. So best ever listeners, go Google Gene Trowbridge, Joe Fairless, and you can hear that interview. And he talks about that stuff when we bring in private passive investors. Let's talk about the last deal that you did. What was it?
0: There's a duplex that we purchased. And we actually just put two more duplexes under contract just last night. But I'll talk about the one that we just finished up. So there's an area in Austin that's called the domain. It's High end outdoor shopping and nice restaurants and they just put an, an entertainment district in there, which is really neat because this is in North Austin and the way traffic is, is getting, the, the city is filling up. It's getting difficult to travel around Austin. And so what this has created is almost like a second downtown Austin in North Austin. So if you live in North or any of the surrounding areas up there, you don't need to drive all the way to downtown Austin. To go for date night or go out with the guys, whatever it is, you can go to the domain. And so this has transformed all the areas that are surrounding the domain that have not been the greatest areas in the past. And there's more businesses, the tech corridor as it's referred to. So there's office being built and it's kind of all centered around the domain. And so we were able to pick up a duplex property kind of before the boom really hit. And it's been a great property for us. So we were able to purchase it for 210000 and this was a property that actually came on the market. Normally we find things that are off the market but this one popped on. I have plenty of searches going and alerts. Came on at eight o'clock on a Saturday morning and it was under contract at 11 o'clock. I drove right up there and I called the agent, had a good conversation with them and he said that they just wanted to get the process moving because the owner inherited the property and she didn't want to have the property on her hands anymore. So. He you know, only had it on the market for three hours before we put it under contract. We put about $55,000 into it with repairs. We had to do some foundation and plumbing and other structural items before we could start talking about cosmetic. So they were being rented for $700, and these are three, two mixes. We now have them rented out each at 1450 a month. So we're generating 2900 a month, and our basis on the property is 265 and then we were able to cash out two hundred and ten thousand on that property. So with our mortgage payment all in, including insurance and taxes, we paid just over sixteen hundred a month and we're getting twenty nine hundred a month in rent.
1: Wow. So you put in how much per side?
0: It was fifty five thousand total.
1: Fifty five thousand total, okay. So about twenty seven thousand or so per side, and you increase rents seven hundred bucks?
0: These were renters that were there for probably 10 years, and the owner never raised rents. Kind of a distant landlord, and we actually brought it up to market. We weren't stretching the market by any means, so we got 1450 per side, and I actually just helped the investor across the street lease his duplex, which we tried to buy, but we were too late. He's now getting 1500 a side, and he has three two units on each side as well.
1: Yeah, it looks like some good numbers. What are you going to do with the property?
0: We have some decent equity built up in it. We can probably sell it around 380 at this point. But me personally, I want to keep holding on to it, especially as more office buildings are being built just down the street. There's more companies that are coming into the area, which is going to bring more of a tenant base and a professional tenant base. So for me, and I would say as long as the property is not a burden and you're making money on it per month and we have a property manager that is running it, I want to hold on to it for a while, at least the next five years and see what the area is doing. But if we actually got a notice from one of the tenants that the bathtub just cracked, so we're going to have to replace the whole stand-up shower and bathtub, but you know that's not a huge deal. But overall, we kind of evaluate our property on a yearly basis and see if it's time to sell it.
1: What is your best real estate investing advice ever?
0: I would say let the numbers be your guide. Don't try and make the numbers work. If the numbers don't work, then walk away. I was taught at a very early stage in my real estate career that it's much better to walk away from a deal than buy a bad deal. And I know that seems very common sense, but I think there's so many people out there, and so many investors, they just want to buy something so badly to kind of get in the game. And nothing will put you out of the game faster than buying a bad deal. And so it's really being numbers driven and and make sure that the numbers are actually correct, that you are analyzing. And then really just network with as many people as you can. It's amazing where the next deal can come from. It's not always going to be from the MLS or a mailer. It could be some random person. I actually met someone at Lowe's, one of the people working there. They saw us buying a bunch of supplies, got into a conversation and She goes, well, actually, my mom has a property that she doesn't want anymore, and we end up buying it. So um, (laughs) I think that's also another piece that people may overlook.
1: Absolutely. That is one of the benefits of real estate is everyone's connected, that's for sure, because most people are living somewhere, and they're either landlord or they have a landlord, and there's always a way that we can work with each other and help each other out. You ready for the best ever lightning round? All right. first, a quick word from our best ever partners. Remember to get your free deal analysis tool for your flips at fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. That's F-U-N-D-T-H-A-T-F-L-I-P.com forward slash best ever. It will detail your scope of work, help you analyze if the project's profitable, and make a determination on the max purchase price. fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. Best ever listeners, it is here. Well, it's almost here, February 24th and 25th, the conference, the Best Ever Conference. Have you signed up yet? Oh, if you haven't, you better sign up right now. It's going to sell out, besteverconference.com. I'm going to be there. A bunch of the guests who you've heard interviewed on the show are going to be there. Just go to besteverconference.com and look at all the speakers that you're going to hear from that will help you. Move your business forward in 2017. I want to meet you in person. The best ever guests who are speaking at this event want to meet you in person. And people who haven't been interviewed on this podcast who are speaking at the conference, they want to meet you in person. Go to besteverconference.com. What's the best ever book you've read?
0: I love Think and Grow Rich. It creates a really good mindset, especially for an entrepreneur and some in real estate investing. And that's a book that I'll actually read maybe every year or so, just to kind of, cause you're always at a different point in life when you read a book. And I think it's interesting to go back to that one.
1: Best ever deal you've done.
0: Best ever deal. Um, I'm not sure if it was the best one, but I'd say actually that probably the most fun I've had was that development deal that we built those two houses on the lot. It was a, uh, Not only great learning experience and seeing how to navigate through the city and things we can always do better, but it was also a nice return on the back end with not a lot of capital invested.
1: Best ever way you like to give back?
0: I am part of the local St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital Board, and they're our big fundraiser at the end of the year, I'm also starting the golf tournament here in Austin and we always donate as much as we can and and do what we can for them. But that is such an amazing organization that anyone that's unfortunate enough to have to deal with that circumstance of their child being diagnosed with cancer, St. Jude ensures that they will never see a bill for any travel or any kind of treatment, and they're getting first-class treatment as well. So they never worry about a bill. They never have to worry about anything because St. Jude takes care of it, and that's such an amazing cause.
1: Yes, it is. What is the biggest mistake you've made in real estate?
0: The biggest mistake, I think, partnering with the wrong people and not really vetting who you're getting into business with. And I'm talking about specific contractors from my experience. I like getting contractor referrals by someone else that I know actually uses them. And making sure that you know who you're getting your referral from. Is this a credible person? I got into bed with a contractor that, cost us a lot of money because we had to pay someone else to come in and undo all of their work. It set us back a lot. Luckily, we didn't lose money on the property. We just didn't make a lot. But again, it was a good learning experience and knew not to do that again.
1: What's the best place the best ever listeners can get in contact with you?
0: You can find me on Facebook. at a business page, facebook.com slash Tim Landy Realtor. And also, you can reach me on email, which is my first name, Tim, T-I-M, at 12riversrealty.com. And the 12 is spelled out.
1: Rivers is plural. All right, Tim. Thank you for being on the show, talking about your experience in a lot of things related to real estate, from development to working with partners to some lessons you've learned along the way with contractors and even being a real estate agent as well and working with funds. Great stuff. hope you have a best-ever day, and we'll talk to you soon.
0: Thank you, Jeff. Really appreciate the opportunity.
1: Best-ever listeners, it is here. Well, it's almost here. February 24th and 25th. The conference, the best-ever conference. Have you signed up yet? Oh, if you haven't, you better sign up right now. It's going to sell out. Besteverconference.com. I'm going to be there. A bunch of the guests who you've heard interviewed on the show are going to be there. Just go to besteverconference.com and look at all the speakers that you're going to hear from that will help you move your business forward in 2017. I want to meet you in person. The best ever guests who are speaking at this event want to meet you in person. And people who haven't been interviewed on this podcast who are speaking at the conference they want to meet you in person go to besteverconference.com